0: Well, Amy, based on the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, it looks like Peter Parker's in some legal trouble.
1: Yeah, and it seems like he could use a lawyer who knows a thing or two about living a double life.
0: Marvel happens to have one on hand, and his name is Matt Murdock.
1: So while we're on a season break, we're heading back to 2020 to bring you our commentary series on Daredevil Season 1.
0: Just in case Mr. Murdock shows up in No Way Home, we could all use a refresher on the Devil of Hell's Kitchen.
1: We'll be back Monday, November 8th, to kick off Season 4 of The Marvelous Madams with an episode on Spider-Man Homecoming.
0: I have to give Ben serious credit here. My bladder would have just waved a white flag as soon as I saw Fisk (laughs) sitting there. (laughs) To be fair, though, the bar is kind of low there because I jump (laughs) when my husband just walks into the room, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, sensitive nervous system. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris.
1: And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things marvel.
0: Madams, assemble. everyone happy new year we have said goodbye to the dumpster fire that is 2020 and thankfully matt murdoch was not inside of it (laughs) that is good thank you yes 2021
1: here we come
0: and what better way to start off the new year than with a little murder and mayhem am i right
1: absolutely that's the best way to start
0: Amy, I discovered the answer to a question I've had for a
1: long time this week. What was the question?
0: Well, given all the true crime stuff that I watch and listen to, I've often wondered, what would be the scariest, like not the most brutal, but the scariest way to die? And after watching episode 12 of Daredevil, I have decided conclusively that uh, being strangled to death by Wilson Fisk is number one. Is it? Holy shit.
1: I can find scarier ways to die.
0: If that was the last image burned into my retinas before I expired, it would follow me for all eternity.
1: (laughs) Well, considering your memory, sure, yeah, it would.
0: So, right at the top of the episode, we just want to give golf claps to Mr. D'Onofrio for his performance in this episode. All right, so we're going to get to that development at the end of the episode. But we're going to start out with Karen fleeing another murder scene.
1: Yes, this time she actually committed it.
0: Yes, but I got to say, I'm proud of the calm and quick thinking that she is exhibiting after this. You throw that gun in the river. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So much for being naive and how much you were shitting on her.
0: Well, it also concerns me. As I said in the previous episode, there is no winning with you. She was awfully comfortable committing that murder.
1: No, she was not.
0: She's super freaked out. Yes, I know. Yeah. She was very comfortable with the gun. She very quickly knows what to do afterward. And I can't even tell you how many guns are in the Hudson River, man. (laughs) The guns, I think, probably outnumber the bodies.
1: Okay. Good to know. So yeah, after she throws it in the river, she goes home and she hits that alcohol like a fish out of water.
0: Yeah, we got to talk about this because, you know, she starts drinking. She scrubs herself raw in the shower. Understandable. She continues drinking. Where's the hangover? I mean, she drank a lot of whiskey. If I drank all that, I'm dead. But at least, where's the hangover with her? She suffers no ill effects from this whatsoever.
1: Have you seen the episode? She's suffering. I think the mental anguish is covering up the hangover.
0: She's not acting hungover in the least.
1: No, she isn't. She probably threw it up.
0: Uh, Well, honestly, she should... We're not even in hangover territory. Just given the timeline, she should be still drunk. True. By the time she gets into the office. So that's just a little pet peeve Mm -hmm. I had with this one. Because she drank a lot.
1: Yeah, but she did sleep it off a bit.
0: A little. And I mean, a person can have a high tolerance, but she's not a big woman. Like, how much can she really take?
1: Well, there is a high chance she might have thrown it up. We just didn't see it.
0: Could be. Could be. So while she's trying to sleep this off, she has one of the most terrifying nightmares a person can ever have.
1: I think it was a pretty interesting nightmare.
0: Also terrifying.
1: Well, yeah, kind of, considering the situation she is in, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd pee my pants if Wilson Fisk showed up in my apartment and I hadn't even done anything. (laughs) She just murdered his best friend. Yeah. At first, I wasn't 100% sure it was a dream.
1: That's the point.
0: I was absolutely, yeah, I was absolutely freaking out on my couch.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what I did find interesting, though, is... Nightmare Fisk is basically telling her that murdering someone gets easier the more you do it.
0: Well, he would know.
1: But this is her subconscious, not him.
0: True. Which is another reason I'm concerned. Mm Mm-hmm. About Karen. Mm Mm-hmm. And the path she may now be taking in her life. Okay. Yeah. So Karen here, she just murdered somebody. She's embroiled in a mob war. She's potentially being hunted still, isn't sure, you know, by Kingpin himself. Still goes to work.
1: She's dedicated.
0: Seriously, I would be on a plane, I don't know where, someplace that didn't have an extradition treaty... I would have robbed a bank, I don't know, gotten myself funds in some manner. Peace. You wouldn't be seeing me at Nelson and Murdoch again.
1: Well, that's the difference between you and her.
0: You know, you say that. You, you always say that as if you would do differently. <laughs> we haven't discussed your level of bravery, have we, Missy?
1: I like to keep my bravery or lack thereof to myself.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's better.
1: but i see the logic behind what she's doing she got herself in this mess by digging into fisk and now that she's really in the thick of it and she knows her life is in danger the only way she can be 100 percent sure that she will be safe is by exposing fisk that's true so which is why she will go to the office and the other thing is that the show has already established that she doesn't feel safe at home that's true The only place that she feels safe is with her friends, Matt and Foggy. And later on in the episode, she does say that you two are the only good thing in my life right now. Low bar. True.
0: Is it awful that I'm kind of glad she has her own deep darts secret to hide from them now because they've been hiding so much for her. So it's like, take that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think they all just all have their own secrets. It's it's ridiculous. Communicate people.
0: Yeah, it's fucking killing me. Could we just put it all out on the table, please?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think the world would implode with that amount of secrecy being opened up.
0: Because here's the thing for Karen. Like, I get why she doesn't tell Foggy. Of course, because she just murdered somebody. That's not something you want to spread around, especially to a lawyer, regardless Mm -hmm. of whether or not he's your friend. But at the same time, this is a very pertinent piece of information as regards their investigation. So it's a tough spot.
1: Yeah, but she's not a client.
0: No, I know. But, like, just in terms of, hey, you wanted leverage with Fisk? Wesley's gone. You wanted a way to get to Fisk? Take your shot now because he's a mess and his right hand man is gone. He's more vulnerable right now than he's ever been.
1: First off, this would be any lawyer who would ask her how would she know that Wesley is gone? And we know that Fisk is a mess. She doesn't know that.
0: Ah, oh, you're right. That's true.
1: And again, we know Wesley was Fisk's right, right-hand right man. They don't know that.
0: True. Damn it. Yeah, fine. You're right.
1: Uh, am I ruining your Karen bashing with my logic?
0: <laughs> A little bit. It keeps taking me back to episodes of The West Wing, though, which I will keep my mouth shut about. <laughs> and you know what it is for Karen, too? It's more than just fearing for her safety, her life, her friends' lives exposing Fisk. I think she's also very worried about what Foggy will think of her if he finds out what she did.
1: Yeah. And also considering that he was up until like two episodes ago. So against the man with the mask.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Though I think Foggy would be totally fine with it once he understood it was self-defense.
1: I don't know. I don't I don't think so.
0: I think she could convince him. I think he'd come around to it because he was going to... Wesley and Fisk were going to kill Foggy, included. We're going to kill everyone she loved, and she was able to get that gun in a split second. It was either her or Wesley. True, she was yes. never going to go along with. She was never going to go along with that deal.
1: Yeah, obviously, I think Foggy would take a little bit of more convincing. He, uh, his instinctual reaction would be, "No, this is not okay."
0: First off, yeah, I think you're right, but. But given a little time to process, I think he'd come around.
1: Probably. Yeah. And also keep in mind, he's also processing a lot right now with Matt.
0: Yeah. And you know what got me, though, with Foggy? Who is he to tell her to lay off the booze?
1: (laughs) Really? Yeah, true.
0: At least, you know, she was using it not to, you know, excuse that amount of whiskey. But at least she was using it to like momentarily calm herself and not just have a night long pity party foggy come on and up next we get what i now consider to be the guinness world record holder of uh awkward scenes
1: <laughs> yeah foggy picks up all his stuff and he's planning to leave and opens the door, and there stands matt who it's pretty obvious by now has heard the entire conversation
0: yeah and this is tough because like It's got to drive foggy nuts, the act he has to put on to still pretend to be blind, but he's got to do it for Karen. So if I'm foggy, that's just pissing me off even more.
1: Yeah. At one point he does, he does take or give the entire file from Karen about everything that the man in the mask got them. And he says it in such a exasperated way. Yeah. And he has every right to be pissed off.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Matt and Karen have their own little dance here, and he knows, obviously, she is hiding something major, but I think it's safe to say for the first time, Matt has no idea just what she's hiding. Yeah. He couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. So now we head over to the hospital for our first round of today's edition of I Hate Amy.
1: Uh, listeners, remember the disclaimer for my last episode, I hate Amy equals to Amy is right. <laughs> And I will keep repeating that every episode. Mm -hmm. So Fisk is still desperately trying to get in touch with Wesley, but well, can't really pick up your phone when you're dead.
0: Yeah. I I think he knows like immediately something's very wrong because this is way out of character for Wesley.
1: Yeah. But at least some good news. Vanessa's awake and they have a good heart to heart conversation where he tells her what happened and he promises that he will keep her safe.
0: All right. Fine. Fine. Here goes. I have to give Fisk credit for taking responsibility for Vanessa's near death.
1: Is that all?
0: Fine. I also have to give Little Miss Hairdo credit for refusing to leave him. Happy?
1: I would be happier if you didn't call her Little Miss Hairdo.
0: I am quoting the great Leland Owlsley. Thank you very much.
1: Leland is a little bitch. I think you can do better than that.
0: <laughs> I could, but it wouldn't be appropriate.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll take my wins where I get them.
0: Should I use what should I use one of the words I found in my new swear word coloring book? <laughs> Seriously, people, if you have not seen these, they're on Amazon. They're only like six bucks. Swear word coloring book. It is amazing. I'm enjoying it so much. Go check it out.
1: So yeah, so his plan is to get her out of the country, keep her safe. And she refuses to leave because she wants to be by his side.
0: And the way he looks at her with glee, like a parent telling a kid they're going out for ice cream. I'll make them suffer for what they've done.
1: Yeah. And she says, I expect nothing less.
0: Yeah, I had to put on a sweater because my blood was so chilled at that point.
1: (laughs) See how good they are for each other.
0: No, I would say they're made for each other. I still can't say they're good for each other. I just can't
1: do it. Tomato, tomato. But she also very explicitly says that she knew that being with him would make would make her life really complicated, but she made the choice she knew what she was getting into
0: that's true she's also take she's also taking responsibility yes so now Fisk gets the bad news Wesley is d e a like really extra dead he's got what five holes in him Karen knew her business <laughs>
1: Yeah, and she was quite freaked out, so she just went bam, bam, bam.
0: And I think it's even an understatement to say Fisk loses it here.
1: Yes, he does. Poor God. Had nothing to do with it.
0: Yeah, for once, Goon, it's not your fault. You were just following orders. Yeah. And like good orders. not Not the kind of orders where people die, but like reasonable orders.
1: And Leland is the one who stops him from... Completely murdering this guy.
0: Yeah, Owsley is doing his best impression of a human
1: being. <laughs> he is actually, he does seem a bit shaken up. Because this wasn't his plan.
0: Yeah, he does seem very convincing here. I think he's quite off kilter.
1: Yes, he is. And I like that Fisk's reaction to being pissed with a god is not to straight away punch him, but to headbutt him.
0: Yeah. There's something more primal about that. Yeah. But yeah, Owlsley is absolutely right in everything he says. Yeah, he is. You know who I think the real star of this scene is? Who? Toby Leonard Moore, Wesley, for staying so still in that position. (laughs) It's not like he was laying down or like face down. He's like half sitting up and having to be totally still and not breathing, that takes some skill. Props to him.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure with the, the amount of time he was there, he must have had like a major neck crick by the end of it.
0: Yeah, that had to be really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, great job on him all around. He was a great character and very well done.
1: I like the fact that you're able to appreciate him after he dies. Little late, don't you think?
0: He wasn't appreciated in his time. Yeah. And this part got me. I hate to say it got me, but it did. Fisk kissing Wesley's forehead. That is such a loving gesture. It is. You know, and you can see Fisk is just racked with guilt from all sides now.
1: Guilt and grief. Because even yes. Vanessa, even though Vanessa is still alive and will hopefully recover 100% he is still going to lose her he's sending her away
0: yeah and guilt and grief are a very dangerous combination with a man like this yeah as a number of people are about to find out
1: Mm -hmm. so he takes Wesley's phone and tries to figure out who was the last person who called him
0: Yeah. And at this point, he realizes this has something to do with my mother. Now she's not safe either.
1: Yeah. Just adding on to that shit Sunday.
0: So now we go meet part of our Scooby-Doo gang. Matt's Mm -hmm. looking for Ben and he's clearly still hurting like he's walking gingerly. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I got to say it. Ben, how good of a reporter are you actually? Because you've met Matt Murdoch now on several occasions. How are you not realizing this is the same person?
1: Exactly. Voice or scent.
0: Body language, like all kinds of things. Yeah. There's, there's more than enough intel here to determine them to be the same man.
1: But they do kind of address this in a bit of a tongue in cheek way.
0: Wink, wink, writers.
1: Mm hmm. When they're talking about the blind Chinese people walking around. Ben does say that nobody looks at a blind person twice. And Matt says, yeah, I agree. So it could be that.
0: I guess just reinforcing the idea of underestimating disabled people, you know, but still. Yeah. It's getting a little, it's getting a little tough to suspend disbelief on this particular (laughs) issue.
1: Yeah. Well, and nobody seems to think about the fact that he covers the wrong half of his face with no eye holes.
0: He could come up with a better mask. Like he doesn't have to go full Deadpool, but he could do better than what he's got.
1: This is why he needs branding. Here
0: we go. (laughs) And a publicist, (laughs) right? Yes. Yeah. So basically Ben and Matt are comparing notes here. Matt wants him to lay low. And Ben's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll do that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And they start talking about the heroine that Madame Gao has been bringing in this is what you got confused with
0: yeah i'm in i'm gonna need you to explain what the hell is the deal with all these blind messenger people
1: so basically madam Gao is one of the heads of the triads and she is bringing heroin into the country earlier on before the russians went boom they were the ones who were distributing it on the streets all right and since the Mm -hmm. russians are now not in the picture fisk has his own team of people who are distributing on the street now the story about the blind people is not really explained very well but one can assume that Madame Gao has ensured that they all are blind so that they cannot testify because they cannot see what they are doing oh okay that makes sense and of course, ableism, you won't think twice about a blind person walking down the street. Chances are that if a blind person is carrying a backpack and walking around, the cops will not want to search them.
0: Very smart. Okay, Kay. got it.
1: Madam Girl is a very smart lady and she knows her branding. Each and every packet has her <laughs> logo on it. <laughs>
0: you would zero in on
1: that. Of course I would
0: all right so
1: just fyi this particular logo and this branding comes into play a lot more in iron fist
0: okay so matt and ben have their little tete-a-tete and foggy and marcy are having their own little conversation
1: Mm-hmm. and she's very disappointed that it's not a booty call
0: yeah yeah i'm just gonna leave that one there <laughs> so here's where marcy fits in she works for landman and zach as we've established and landman and zach represents both fisk and owlsley yes so he tells her hey you know he's targeting tenements all over hell's kitchen for demolition you know what's going on you know it's wrong come do the right thing
1: with us i don't think he's telling her to leave
0: Not necessarily leave, but help us out, do the right thing. Yes. Because, too, it's not just about doing the right thing. He's telling her, your boss is going to go down for this. Sink or swim. Your ass is going to be hanging out on this. So jump ship now. Get ahead of it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think that's more lawyer speak and appealing to her own self-preservation than it is what Foggy thinks will actually happen.
0: Yes, I agree with you. He knows her well enough to appeal to that selfish, selfish part of her. Yeah. So now Karen gets a turn with Ben and she is still desperate to get this story out about Fisk's dad. She will not let this go to the point I'm even getting a little annoyed with it.
1: Because she's desperate, like you said, according to her, that's the only way they can be safe.
0: Well, Ben at least says he's chasing a new source on it. Basically, he found an old picture, like on microfiche, of a Bill Fisk campaign poster in a window.
1: Right. That was in the previous episode.
0: Yeah. The big problem here is Karen, in her secret, she can't and won't tell Ben why she thinks Fisk's organization knows they found his mother.
1: I agree with that because she will be putting him in danger by telling him and freaking him out. He's already in danger. Further danger. And potentially having him call the cops.
0: Oh, I don't think he would call the cops. No, I do not think for a second that Ben would call the cops. Okay. I think he would tell Karen to get on a plane to Zurich. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So Foggy's working on Marcy here and she's kind of coming around on it. She knows deep down her firm is crooked knows Foggy has a point and she's starting to find her conscience a little, but also that self-preservation in her.
1: Yeah. And we leave it at a bit of a cliffhanger. She doesn't say yes. She doesn't say no.
0: And now we come to an absolutely epic chase scene.
1: Yeah. Matt is basically just standing in the middle of the street. Yeah. Trying to hear another blind person walking by. And he does. He does. He does. And when he focuses and zooms in on this person, I love the fact that not only are we being able to hear from his perspective, we're also being able to, quote unquote, see, because when we do see this person walking up the street, everything else is blurred out except for this one person.
0: Yes, it's well done. And Matt takes off after this car like he's a goddamn circus monkey. (laughs) Now, I have a question here that has to be asked. Go on. How many canes does he have and does he have a separate cane budget?
1: I have that in my notes. Because this is
0: ridiculous. Yes, he just keeps tossing them away like they're candy.
1: Yeah, in my notes I have Matrons. How many sticks has he lost? (laughs) At this point, he needs to get himself... Some really really foldable sticks or just find safe places to put them. You can't just keep tossing them all over.
0: We don't know how much they cost.
1: They're certainly not very cheap for sure.
0: But I agree. He needs a pocket one, for sure. Yeah. And my favorite part of this is the classical background music that's playing. Mm-hmm. It adds so much great tension. I love it.
1: Yeah. And he's able to, the reason the classical music is playing is if you noticed earlier, while he was looking, while he was searching for the person, we had the Daredevil back intro music playing. Yeah. When the door opens to the car, that's where the classical music comes out. And he focuses on that. And that is how he's able to track the car to its destination.
0: Yeah. And, you know, much like pretty much any Black Widow fight scene, he does all kinds of unnecessary moves and rolls and flips following this car. I don't care.
1: <laughs> don't care. Yeah. I was a bit concerned for the jacket. It was getting a bit dirty with all those puddles.
0: <laughs> well, remember, what have we said is the number one rule for becoming a vigilante. Find a dry cleaner who doesn't ask questions.
1: That's true. Yes. I think that in the Marvel universe, there could be a special niche for dry cleaners. We don't ask questions.
0: (laughs) Especially in New York, you've you've got Spider-Man, you've got Daredevil, got Dr. Strange, who I'm sure, you know, with all the Rubens and whatnot he's eating, he's getting those cloaks dirty. Come on.
1: (laughs) I just realized that I am making a branding tagline For a fictional dry cleaner in a fictional universe.
0: You are. I'm very concerned that tomorrow you're going to try to pitch me some kind of new business around dry cleaning.
1: I think I have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Is this what rock bottom feels like?
0: (laughs) This is what nine months of quarantine feels like. That's fair. Now we get a nice little moment... Of Wilson and his mommy in the car.
1: <laughs> yeah. The actress uh, who plays Wilson's mom is nice. She's she's a good actress. She does a good job.
0: She's great. I like her. Yeah. She captures that essence of the little old Italian lady who wants to do what she wants to do and doesn't really care what you think about it.
1: Yeah. And they give her Zupa every night.
0: Yeah, and I like what he says, but they have that Nidalee 2 mod, the real kind.
1: <laughs> some things, no matter how terrible of a human being you are, some things don't change. You're always exasperated with your mother.
0: Now, for those who are unfamiliar with the ethnic slash Italian culture of New York, the Northeast in general, here's another thing to know, and this, you know, playing into to Mr. Fisk's character here. You don't mess with an Italian boy's mama. (laughs) You don't do it. (laughs) Bad idea all around.
1: Yeah, I think that comes into play very well at the end of the episode.
0: Yeah, all the zupa in the world ain't going to get you out of this problem. (laughs) Yeah, so the point here is that one, we learn Fisk is sending her to Italy. And two, she can't remember what she told Leslie.
1: Yes, she doesn't even remember having this conversation.
0: Right. So Karen is Karen and Ben are safe for the moment in this regard. Right. And speaking of Karen, she is in the middle of two idiots once again.
1: That she is.
0: She is just in one shitty position after another on this show.
1: Yeah, she is.
0: And Jesus Christ, Matt, will you stop opening that wound? Flex seal. Something. Duct tape. <laughs> I don't know, something, super glue on top of the stitches, you know, something. Ow! I I don't know. I've never had stitches. I don't know how they work. Like, I get how they work, but like, in terms of actually feeling it and and all that, I don't know.
1: Do you know how human skin works?
0: Yeah, but you know what? I'd kind of rather die than get stitches. (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure i would pass the fuck out if i had to get stitches
1: they you know they anesthetize you right
0: i don't care i don't care the idea mm, can't even think about it nope not going there (laughs) so i think even more frustrating than karen being in the middle of matt and foggy is both of these two keep telling her everything's gonna be fine
1: yeah and they don't know what what's happening
0: that's like when somebody's having a panic attack and people just keep saying, calm down, relax. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Not helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. They're probably picking up that energy from her, that desperation, that panic. And they're trying to calm her, which isn't working. And it doesn't help that the two of them are being idiots and not talking to each other.
0: Right. But you know what? At the same time, she's also keeping a major secret now too. Yes. So she can... She can only get so mad at them for keeping secrets at this point when she is keeping a whopper. hmm Now, I've said before, I have great difficulty watching things where there's, like, a ton of embarrassment happening, uh, which is why it's very hard for me to watch most Ben Stiller movies at this point. <laughs> um, you know, certain sitcoms and whatnot. This next scene between Ben and his editor... Ooh, this was tough for me
1: okay they he's basically confronting him
0: yeah but ben is acting like a dick here and i don't blame ellison for firing him yeah he it's is one thing to have it, it's one thing to have this conversation respectfully behind closed doors it's another to do this in front of the entire newsroom
1: but that's the thing i think the conversation started in a private room and when ellison walked away Ben did what he always does. He went gung-ho and just tried to get the story out there.
0: Yeah. And he's accusing him. He's accusing Ellison openly of being in Fisk's pocket. And we're going to find out he's wrong. Ben is smearing the reputation of a good man here.
1: Yeah, he is.
0: You can't be behaving. You can't. I don't care how frustrated you are, man. I get it. I understand. But you need to deal with the consequences of behaving like that in a professional setting. Sorry.
1: Yeah, agreed. And Ben has tunnel vision. Yeah. He's not looking anywhere. At this point, I don't think he's even aware that there are other people in the vicinity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. So, I mean, he goes back, cleans out his office and all the empty packets of Rolaids probably fill up half a box by themselves.
1: I did see a bottle of Pepto-Bismol in his office once. Yeah. He probably must be getting them by the truckload.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's better than heroin.
1: True. Or alcohol.
0: Low bar again. <laughs> he drinks plenty on the show. Everybody's drink. You know what? Everybody except Matt is drinking plenty on this show.
1: Yeah, because Matt knows if he drinks, you do know that alcohol thins the blood, right?
0: No, I did not.
1: Well, now you know, alcohol tins the blood, so he probably avoids drinking too much because he's forever always hurt. And bruises will well, be more apparent.
0: Well, beyond that, he needs to keep his faculties and wits about him. He can't true. allow himself to drop his guard.
1: True. Yeah, that's true. But he does drink. We've seen him having a beer here and there.
0: Yeah, but not power drinking like the others.
1: No. No, I think Karen won that competition this week, this episode.
0: Absolutely. So now we head over to Madame Gao's factory and I don't know about you, but I found this to be very disturbing.
1: All the blind people working in a line?
0: Yeah, because I couldn't help but think, hmm, this was clearly done to them. Was it voluntary?
1: Well, Madame Gao does say that they blinded themselves, but it's pretty obvious she force them she must have threatened them it's either go blind or don't live
0: yeah because it's clearly the same disfigurement you know what i mean yeah they all look the same and props to the makeup props to the makeup department here well done
1: yeah and it looks painful
0: it looks very painful and unsettling Mm -hmm.
1: and the thing that actually really got me in here was that yes matt got all the guards one by one like he usually does and then when he walked in and quote unquote saw all these blind people nobody knew he was there it was like he was invisible
0: yeah it was weird so number one i think he majorly fucked up on his recon here
1: mm-hmm. he didn't do any recon
0: no he just ran headfirst into this not smart mad he's getting very sloppy
1: yeah, which is what he's been doing the last like the last half of the season,
0: yeah. yeah. And he's just getting worse with it, yeah. And I think the fact that none of them realize he's there is another testament to the fact that they did not do this voluntarily. These are not people who have been working to, like, hone their other senses because if they had, they somebody at least would have known he was there,
1: yeah. And throughout the season so far, we've whenever we've seen these people. They're either working or they're being escorted to another place with the drugs. So it's really likely that when they're working and they're sent to point A or point B with their drugs, they come back and they're just kept like slaves in some some warehouse or something. They don't have real world exposure. Yeah. So they won't need to or they won't have the opportunity to hone their other senses or rely on them because they're being shepherded everywhere they go. Right. Yeah.
0: They may not realize Matt's there, but Madam Gow sure as hell does because she's got two working eyes.
1: Oh, yeah, she does.
0: And a good set of lungs on her, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and she orders them to attack.
0: Do you know what this reminded me of? What? Um, Do you remember in The Last Crusade where the Jones boys are tied up in the Nazi castle and like Indy hits the, Indy hits a lever with his foot and they turn around and all of a sudden they're in like the secret uh, Nazi tech area and the, the Nazi she-wolf there sees them and just, Alam! that's what it reminded me of.
1: Okay. Um, I don't quite remember.
0: Ruining my fun, <laughs> And oh my God. When these people swarm him, oh my God, it was so scary.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was like getting sucked into quicksand.
0: Yeah, or like something out of the mummy. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what they, that their movements, that's what it reminded me of. Like these mindless mummies that can't see. Oh God, it was just chilling.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it was. And he wasn't fighting back.
0: No. No, but he's also lucky there wasn't a whole lot of muscle tone on those people.
1: <laughs> but strength and numbers, there were a lot of them.
0: Yeah, but I mean, none of them could see and he's basically got ninja superpowers. So he makes his way out eventually. Yeah, he does. So now we head over to Owsley and Fisk and man, is he laying the shit on thick. <laughs> Owsley is about to like pull out a dance number to convince Fisk that the masked man is responsible for almost killing Vanessa and then definitely killing Wesley.
1: Yeah, and Fisk is not buying it.
0: He is not. No, he was not born yesterday.
1: No, and it goes to show that he respects the man in the mask where he already recognizes that poisoning and guns is not his MO.
0: Very true. And you know what I think slips owsley up here too is that he doesn't know who killed wesley and that's a missing variable in his story yeah he can't fully cover himself if he doesn't have all the information true and so now matt and madam Gao are at a standoff Hmm. i was right she is a spry old fucker isn't she
1: <laughs> yeah it takes one hand and he's on the ground
0: Yeah. And the warehouse is burning down around them, but hero that he is, Matt shoots up the place so that the sprinklers come on and at least all those blind people aren't going to be burned alive.
1: Right. And he tells one of the goons to go and help and evacuate all of them.
0: Yeah. I like how he's giving orders to goons now.
1: Yeah. And the goons are listening.
0: Yeah. That must have been one of the goons with a conscience. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Matt makes his escape here. But he is stopped by Brett of all people.
1: Yeah. But he easily overpowers him and he tells him that A, he did not shoot the cops. Blake was dirty. And and there are other cops that are dirty as well.
0: Yeah, he basically tells him Your precinct is crawling with crooked cops. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing for Brett Mahoney to swallow.
1: No. Considering he's faced out on the road, I don't think anyone, anything would be easy to swallow at that point.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he knows Hoffman's on the run, too. He's disappeared. Right. So Matt takes off, leaving Brett subdued but uninjured for the moment. Yeah. And Gow and Owsley, it's time for them to get their shit together here.
1: Yes. And this is where we finally find out that Leland was the one who was responsible for the poisoning.
0: Yeah, and I think Fisk is realizing it too because it's a very snake-like move, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Vanessa was the target all along. Yeah. And that's how they've been playing Fisk. You know, (sighs) Owsley is a better actor than I gave him credit for. And I don't mean Bob Gunton. He's fantastic. I mean Owsley himself. Okay. Which only makes Bob Gunton's performance even better. They intended to get rid of Vanessa all along, Which makes sense because they were telling Fisk episode after episode here.
1: Yeah, they keep telling Fisk that she's a liability. But the thing is, they were the ones who made her a liability. Keeping that aside, I don't think the issue here is that Vanessa is a liability because Fisk has feelings for her. The issue here is that Vanessa has been influencing Fisk. That is the problem. If she was some side piece that Fisk went to and fucked and came back a happy man, they wouldn't give two shits about her. It's the fact that she influenced him to come out into the open is what's bugging them. Because in the previous episode, Leland actually tells Wesley that Fisk has come out into the open, into the light. A lot of his associates may not be happy to be dragged along with him.
0: That's true. You have a point. And Vanessa being injured like this, they actually made it even worse for themselves. Yes. Because his attention was even further off of business when they wanted it on the business.
1: Correct. And by having her have a near-death experience, she will be more important now in Fisk's life and have more influence.
0: You're right. It backfired completely.
1: Yes. All along, the issue was never that fisk cares about someone and and a man in his position should not care about someone the issue was that she was influencing him and they being Madame Gao and leland were losing their grip on fisk true as powerful as a man fisk is he was still indebted to Madame Gao, and he knew that leland had him by the balls because he was the one who's handling all the money they could play fisk Like a puppet.
0: Right. And Owsley's getting played a little bit here, but doesn't know it because it's inadvertent with Wesley's murder. Gao's adamant. I didn't do that. And this makes Owsley very nervous. He has no idea who did. Yeah. And that also means that Fisk is going to be looking for someone to blame.
1: Correct. And he's worried that he might inadvertently be caught for both.
0: Indeed. Now, I have a question here. Go on. Uh, Madame Gow doesn't care that she lost this entire heroin warehouse and her product? She doesn't care about the drugs? Nope. So what are we doing then? What are we doing here? Who is this little old lady?
1: (laughs) These are questions that come up in Iron Fist. Hmm. yeah she's not bothered yeah. with the heroine that was just a means to an end for her and now that she knows that shit is kind of hitting the fan she's heading back home and they put a nice little teaser here when Leland says are you going back to China and she says my home is much further away than that
0: yeah that wasn't cryptic at all <laughs> and now we get what turns out to be our final scene between ben and his wife yes i love this relationship they actually the way they are with each other the sassiness they have about them and how well they know each other actually reminds me the scene particular reminds me of uh my husband and i okay like when you know sometimes we'll say to each other like lately he keeps saying because you know military life is inherently unpredictable and in the next few months we may have some decisions to make about whether we stick with military life for a while longer or get out and you know he keeps saying to me well all right get ready start packing for Florida and i'm like oh i'm sure your second wife will love living in florida <laughs> so again people i want to say this is the relationship to emulate
1: a dying wife With memory issues and a soon-to-be-dead husband?
0: No, but this is healthier, certainly, than Fisk and Vanessa.
1: I think they're both equally healthy for each other.
0: (sighs) Not for the world. At large.
1: Vacuum, my dear, vacuum.
0: (laughs) You can say vacuum all (laughs) you want. That just shows. The fact that you keep saying that in a vacuum proves that you know they are actually toxic, because once they're out in the world, look the fuck out, everybody.
1: But they are good for each other.
0: So what got me... I didn't remember how this ended up. I didn't remember Ben's arc. But they did such a good job with this, because... His wife his wife being so supportive, telling him to publish the story. And I'm just like, oh, you are so going to die, Ben. <laughs> I can see the clock over your head.
1: Mm-hmm. Turns out it was a much shorter clock than expected.
0: Yeah, yeah. We head back over to Nelson and Murdoch now where... Matthew is finally coming to the epiphany that he is not a one-man army. Congratulations, Mr. Murdoch.
1: (laughs) About fucking time. You think? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it would be incorrect to call it Nelson and Murdoch anymore. It's just Murdoch.
0: (laughs) For the moment, that's true. Yeah. Now, Karen, to her credit, has always known... You can't be a one-man army that she needs allies. She needs support. So mm-hmm. these two just break down and hold each other, finally understanding, yeah, we've got to be together on this.
1: Yeah, this is the turning point for Matt.
0: It is. All right, now, cue the ominous music.
1: hmm Ben has gone home. And he is getting ready to change the world with a blog. One blog post at a time.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately for Ben, Fisk has other ideas for him. Yes. I think the director or directors of these episodes do a really good job with the physicality of Wilson Fisk and blending that with his intimidation factor in his psychology. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of insane the way they can work things so that a man of his size can kind of still be hidden, can sneak up on you. Right. And when he, oh my God, when I, I jumped out of my skin when I saw him sitting in that chair. I have to give Ben serious credit here. My bladder would have just waved a white flag as soon (laughs) as I saw Fisk (laughs) sitting there. (laughs) To be fair though, the bar is kind of low there because I jump (laughs) when my husband just walks into the room. So <laughs> thank you. Sensitive nervous system.
1: Yeah. But he is freaked out.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: like, so please get out of my house.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: silly Ben. That's not happening.
0: <laughs> not at least not while you're alive. Yeah. And you know, I wonder if he felt a little validated here. Like, I'm kind of glad he died knowing that he was right, that somebody at the bulletin was on Fisk's payroll.
1: Yeah, and also that this entire story that he was collecting wasn't just in his and Karen's mind.
0: It's funny. I don't think Ben realizes he's about to die here.
1: No, because like he said, like I've been threatened many times before. So, so here's this thing. When it comes to journalism, he's old school. Earlier on in the season, we see that the old school mentality is something that Fisk doesn't believe in. Going back to the episode where Healy murdered that mobster, he isn't following the rules. True. So Ben is still under the impression that Fisk will follow those rules. You threaten someone and they'll back away. But he doesn't realize that Fisk is a little bit unhinged
0: yeah, and Ben also broke a big rule that I mentioned earlier. He messed with an Italian boy's mama. Hmm. And that's the problem here. And that's why Fisk is here to kill him. Yeah. Just to make that clear. Joe. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not here to threaten you. I'm here to kill you.
1: Yeah. But he does have a nice conversation with him before killing him.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were just missing a glass of wine. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have some nice scotch, maybe a cigar, you know, last meal kind of thing.
0: And then he flips that switch and strangles Ben to death. on the floor. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was surprisingly not as graphic as I thought it could have been, considering this is Daredevil.
0: Graphic, no, but it was still terrifying.
1: Terrifying, yes.
0: My God. But we should also point out that Ben is a hero because his final act was to protect Karen.
1: Yes. Which begs the question, how did Fisk find out that Ben was there?
0: I just assumed his mother eventually remembered because their memories come and go. We don't see it. I'm figuring it happened like off camera.
1: If you remember when Karen took him to show him the place he signed in Karen did not
0: oh you're right
1: so Fisk did his own digging and recognized Ben's name and that is why he was at Ben's house and he did not even think about Karen and that's why he asked Ben if anyone was with him not the other way around
0: right yeah we're gonna talk a lot more about Karen's responsibility for this in the next episode.
1: Right. In the meantime, if you want to reach out, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Marvel Madams.
0: Thanks to all you Madams for joining us today. I'm Madam
1: Chris, and I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week as we discuss the epic finale of Daredevil Season One.
0: Yes, and you can listen to me get confused between what happened in the real episodes and what happened in the fan fiction I'm reading. we want to start the new year off right and what better way than giving you guys some free shit
1: normally when someone joins our email list they get an exclusive bonus episode about how we met and started the podcast but for this week only you will also get six fun pdf games related to daredevil
0: matching sudoku brain teasers and even a crossword puzzle but this offer turns back into a pumpkin on january 11th
1: that's right, so sign up today on our website, themarvelousbadams.com, where infinity stands or a girl's best friend.
0: <laughs> what the fuck was that? Come on. <laughs> Clap like you believe in fairies. Do it. <laughs> Do you even know what I'm talking about? No, I'm just clapping because you're screaming at me you need to watch hook
1: (laughs) you know at this point i'm really worried to come to the states because you're just gonna put me in front of a tv and leave me there with all sorts of things playing till my retinas burn
0: Just gonna strap you in with
1: duct tape i'm not coming to the states i can't get a visa (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye it's like i'll be at the interview and then why do you want to go to the states Don't really want to. My partner's gonna (laughs) torture me. (laughs) Could you please reject my application? They'd probably call the asylum and send me right there.